I said, what you know about it? Hello, hello, you're listening to The Stew. My name is Jason Stewart. This is my food podcast. Say hello, Andre Conaparo. Huge fan of the show. Thanks for having me <laughs> hey, on, Jason. Hey, you got it, bud. Uh, my brother, Chris Stewart, is not here. Rest in peace, dude. R.I.P. He's working right now. because working double. Working a double because one of his coworkers had an allergic reaction to something. Note to our listeners, don't hire someone to work at your Vietnamese restaurant if they've got a peanut allergy. <laughs> uh, damn. Um, but we do have a wonderful guest today, Fernando Amazing Lopez. Guest. Say hello. How are you guys doing? Hello. 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 Have you done a food podcast before? Actually, I've never even done a podcast. You've I've done, done no podcast. First podcast. Okay, podcast well then, virgin. You're already killing it. Oh, man. Yeah, you're you. doing a great job so far. <laughs> you, I met you, was it like maybe About three a month, week, month no, ago, month three ago. weeks ago or so? You are basically the the, the Gela guy. Gela guy. That's what they call me sometimes. Gela is G-Man. a is a Oaxacan <laughs> Mexican food restaurant here in Los Angeles that's been there for a long time now. Twenty two years. Twenty two years. And for those of you who don't know, Oaxacan pretty much means Southern Mexican. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll say I always say it's a Oaxacan restaurant. People are like, "What's that mean?" Oh, it's Southern Mexican. Also, if no, you've yeah. never seen it spelled and pronounced at the same time, oh, you yeah, might be like, yeah, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly what that yeah. is." It's, it's certainly... it, it might also be known to you as Guela Guetza or Kuala mm-hmm. <laughs> or some some uh, weird but, variation of that. I've heard, whatever, I've heard of all sorts. And it's also in Koreatown. It's in Koreatown, yes. yeah, in the heart of Koreatown. It's Olympic in the, in Normandy. It's in the heart of Koreatown, so that's like a bizarre-ish location for. And it's actually a Korean building. The building itself is <laughs> the building itself is actually one of the first Korean buildings in Koreatown, and they brought all the external material from Korea. No, seriously, yeah, yeah for real. Like I was about to make a, a joke, story. like where was yeah. the plywood imported from it Korea? Was, and you're like, yes, the, yes, the tile, it was. The, the, the ceiling, all the German stuff. shepherds and the razor wire, yeah. all brought over. <laughs> special, it's legit, it's legitimately Korean. Damn, it's actually because like this year, no, last year we took off the drop ceiling. Okay, and now we have exposed ceiling. And when I did that, I noticed. It's like a progression of how they build the building. Okay. It's like they super glued three buildings together. And you can see kind of like <laughs> oh, where everything like prefab is. prefab style. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. It came over in pieces. No, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think maybe they More built, they the built one and, they, the and then they expanded one. Right. Like, but there's like definite places where you're like, okay, this wasn't here before. This used to be a dry cleaner. And it this used to be used... a dry cleaner. Then it turned into a buffet. <laughs> and then uh, a buffet slash nightclub. Uh, yeah, these walls could talk. Oh, yeah, man, uh, yeah. Sometimes stories. on a cold morning, you'll open up and be like, "Smell a little kimchi in there, or something, <laughs> don't you?" Yeah, it's crazy. We still have customers who come in. We went open for it's two thousand, so that location is for fifteen years now. Uh-huh. We have families come in. They'll sit down. They'll look at the menu, <laughs> and they'll legitimately wait till the waiter gets back, and they'll be like, "Ah, oh, Korean poupe." Oh no! Like, way. Oh, oops, oh, no, 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 not anymore. Oh, really? They'll. they'll Excuse themselves and they'll leave. We've had, now it's like down to like twice a year. That we, it used to be like every week for a Damn. long time. And they give you the one star on Yelp. You're like, yeah. this place sucks. It doesn't even have Worst any Korean food. food I've ever had. <laughs> It'll give you those typical Yelp reviews where it's like great food, great service. Waiter was late with the water, one star. Oh, God. That, that stuff drives me crazy. If people can't use their discretion to like actually go through those reviews and realize how mm. crazy those 
two and three yep, star reviews are. Crazy, are. Yeah. But the you guys best have a- food I've ever had. Can't believe it. Fantastic. Door was open for about five minutes. Kind of <laughs> let all the air conditioning out. <laughs> my favorite one, actually, I just read this one last week. I was looking for a for like sushi around my place, and this guy was like, "Great food, timely service. Don't expect anything beyond that." Did he think it was a strip club? He's like, worst topless dancers in Korea town. Three stars. Didn't even get a happy ending. It was three stars. I don't don't get it. Like, three stars, great food, fast service. Don't expect anything beyond that. Mine is two stars because the staff is fully clothed. (laughs) (laughs) But but you guys have a great Yelp score, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I think think once you have a, a certain amount of number, it's... You know, almost. It's harder to sway it's the Im- vote. It's impossible. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's impossible not to have bad ones. But right. the good ones are because you guys have probably four stars. I think it's like four point five. Maybe a four and a half star, and you have, so. I'm sure, hundreds of reviews over yeah, the years, I think right? Thousands now. Possibly thousands. We've been open since as long as Yelp's been around. Mm-hmm, We've yeah. been open for 22 years this year, so. And has it been a family operation the entire time? Well, it's always gone through my, my dad and my mom. Yeah, okay. It started off in 94. My dad came into the U.S. in 93. And when he came, his, his sister was here, which is my aunt. And they were both with import, like, chiles and clayudas. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, just pretty much all the... All the Oahuacan stuff. All the Oaxacan stuff that you couldn't find here. Sure. So my dad would go door-to-door. He would sell it door-to-door. He would uh, sell it in the corner. Uh, he actually used, he has a story where he was trying to he heard like someone told him that there was a lot of Oaxacans in in Fresno, so he got in this yeah. so he got in this yeah. car really? and he was like alright I'm gonna go to Fresno he got in his car he just he didn't know where it was he just kind of like followed the signs <laughs> and he ended up in Oxnard which is he got lost pretty far off <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fresno so he gets so to this Ox- was before ways was, so he's super <laughs> into Nardcore I, I, yeah, I was like that you should just googled it but uh, <laughs> he gets there and then he gets out of his car and he he sees a guy. And he's like, oh, this guy's Oaxacan. I'm going to ask him. Yeah. He's like, hey, do you know how to get to Fresno? And the guy's like, oh, you know. He kind of tells him. And the guy's like, what, what are you going to go to Fresno for? And my dad tells him, he's like, I have all these Oaxacan things. I don't know. Do you want to take a look? And the guy, he guy looks in his car. And he's like super excited. He's like, all right, just hold on one second. Just stay here. Don't leave. He runs out, gets in his car. And my dad's waiting there. Like, he doesn't know what's going on. He comes back with like three cars and a bunch of people. Everybody comes out and just sells them out. So he doesn't even need to go to Fresno. Whoa. No way. And that's, and that's when he was like, this is, you know, there's something to the, this. And man, what, what products did he have with us? Or is his the o- homemade food? No, no, no. It was imported stuff from Oaxaca. Okay. So it was the, the clayudas, which is the, the big tortillas. Yes. Uh-huh. Like yep. Chile de agua. Yeah. Uh, the grasshoppers, chocolate. Okay. Stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Sure. You know, and then uh, he would actually also sell in the corner of uh, 8th and Irolo. Okay. Which is where the first restaurant was. And back, it was... It was it was grimy. It's still kind of. It's not the cleanest now. Sure. The whole area is a lot, a lot, a lot better. Yes. But back then, he would have to pay rent for the for the gangsters. Like, oh. Kind of like protection money, but it's kind of got like forced protection money, like right, so, like mafia stuff. Exactly. But like we're gonna take care of you if you give us a little bit of money, and yeah. if you don't, we're if gonna you make don't... sure you're not taken care <laughs> exactly. of by us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you want the silver or do you want the lead? <laughs> <laughs> it was upsell. So he 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 was selling that corner, and then uh, there was that space that kept opening up. A lot of restaurants kept failing, and he, one day he was like, next time it fails, I'm going to pick it up, and that's what that became the first restaurant. This is some cursed real estate. I got my eyes on it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Such a great story. Well, when, when, how does somebody recognize a Oaxacan person? Like you were, you were mentioning your, your dad was yeah, in Oxnard. I think it's kind of like uh, in, in Oxnard. And, like and if you're Korean or you hang out around Koreans, you recognize Koreans versus Japanese for versus sure. Chinese. Okay. You know? 
when you're from Oaxaca, Oaxaca has a strong indigenous community. Okay. And because they're indigenous, we just look different. Okay. You know, is so. it the old English Oaxacan collar tattoo? <laughs> and like 24 point on the neck. Like that's like, yeah, I think that. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. ask. I'm going to ask. But that, feeling. That was, that was a long time ago. I mean, even now, Oaxacan food is just beginning to come into, into light where people know what it is. I think. Uh, Getting a lot I of attention. A lot of people but back know about then, it now. like, no. Like, well, he also has this other story where he, you know, he would get to work. And then one day he showed up to the restaurant and it was packed. I mean, I think he, like, he left in the morning. Like, he, he opened up and then he left to like, do something. He came back and it was packed and it was just full of white people. And he was kind of he was wondering like, what's going on. He was like, jackpot. <laughs> He's like, goddamn Anthony Bourdain. Huh? <laughs> well, it's like Jonathan Gold. Oh, so okay. It was, it was the, the, the day after Jonathan Gold uh, wrote a cover story on it. Mm-hmm. And then ever since, you know, the rest is kind of history. So we've always been very grateful to Jonathan Gold for yeah. everything. For, I mean, even that one thing. Had he just left it at that, it would have been amazing. And he's shown us a lot of love ever since. Oh, yeah. And speaking of white people bringing business, you guys just got the James Beard Award. <laughs> which I got, to, which I got to hold when I, went in, when I went to the restaurant last month. Yeah. I, I, she, uh, I mean, is, that, is that your sister? That. Who, Bricia? Who, yeah, who is like showing us around and stuff Bricia. like that. Yeah. My sister, Bricia. It's, I have three sisters. Yes. Paulina, Brisa, and Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Shout outs. She brought out the Shout James out Beard medal. And I was like, oh. Like, it's I, heavy. I was like, oh, can I touch it? But I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it, it, like, I mean, it's like a gold medal, you know? Like an For Olympic sure. medal. That's cool. Holding up that Oscar of food. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's crazy because my, my, my parents went on stage and they gave a speech for the first time mm-hmm. in the history in Spanish. Wait, hold that thought. Our mess call has just arrived. Okay, and, <laughs> and we are back. We just had the cool, the most LA thing that could ever happen. <laughs> the greatest thing that's ever happened to us on Basically, this podcast. Fernando seems to do this all the time. I've never done this, but he just had an Uber driver drop off a brown paper bag filled with a bottle of mezcal <laughs> and some michelada mix. And michelada mix. Well, Uber is a delivery service. They just happen to deliver people. <laughs> yeah, so you, you just got to change their perception. So you, so do you use that with like, with the restaurant for like? No, no, no. I, I do that once in a while. Like if I'm at parties or something, or if I'm like around a lot of people, then what, they really want to try the mezcal or micheladas. You know, I, I usually, well, usually I have some on me. <laughs> like the michelada, I carry micheladas on me all the time. That's so much yeah. better than like a pocket knife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then, or like uh, the other day was my friend's birthday, and I show up and all his cousins are hanging out and uh he has all these girl cousins who are, they're all really cool girls and they're all mm. like i show up and they're like where's the michelada mm. and his, his aunt's like where's the michelada and i'm like oh, I, I can't but i forgot the michelada mix mm. and i was like don't worry about it i got it put it in like the unbelievable pro mvp move like you like if people haven't met you they will remember your name like a conquering barbarian at a party Damn. He just dialed up Uber and Mescal and Michelada Mix showed up. <laughs> He's the greatest guest of all time. But it's not, it's not even like that ball. I mean, like, you take an Uber. Uber's not expensive. It's no, not no, like, no, no, no. True. You know, it's, but it's just like. But you've got access to the restaurant. You can just, like, throw it in a bag. Yeah, gonna but be a driver, pick anyway. it up. Yeah, like, for me, it'd be like. Hey mom, like, can you put uh, can you put some cookies in a bag? And then... You've got pink dot and stuff, but when it's just like when it's a, I don't know the when private it's... delivery service is such the baller move, and. <clears throat> And now we're drinking some wonderful mezcal. Mezcal, we're mezcal tosba. So Espadin. what kind of mezcal did you bring? This is uh, Espadín tosba. Uh, and I like it a lot. Actually, could you say that 
again. Mezcal, espadín. Espadín is a type of agave. Espadín. Espadín. Uh, it's a very common agave. It's, if, you, if you go to Oaxaca and you look at the fields, or the, the fields and fields of agave growing, it's almost 100% certain. Like, I'm like 95% certain it's espadín. Okay. okay. Espadín is like the cultivated one. And the brand is Tosba. It's the Toyota Prius of mezcals. <laughs> it's everywhere. No, well, the espadines. Okay, yes. So I, I mentioned, I think on a podcast a couple weeks ago, my basic understanding, and I'm looking for a correction if I'm wrong, is that all tequila is mezcal, but yeah. not all mezcal is tequila. Well, tequila is mezcal, right. but not every mezcal is tequila. And tequila has to be from that region, and it's only blue agave, Yeah, where mezcal can be from different types of agave. Mezcal, Although the majority is coming from... Mezcal, mezcal is uh, all the other kind of agave that you can make... Uh, you can distill. It has to have a certain percentage of, of sugar in the in the plant. Sure. And then and then most of it, a lot of not most of it, but a lot of it comes from Oaxaca, and Oaxaca is definitely known for mezcal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you also have Durango and uh, 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 those fake ass imitators is what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're, no, I'm just kidding. It's all dope. Like, it's <laughs> all hunted. really good stuff. Uh, Chihuahua and uh, other places don't uh, call them don't call them mezcal. Raicia, Raicia is another word for it. And uh, Bacanora. Mm-hmm. It's all good with, stuff. With my lack of geography of Mexico, are those more southern regions Yeah, as well? it's, it's like so a southern region. mostly yeah. southern region. Southern region. Yeah, so Durango. It's a southern and, region. Yeah, it's, all, it's all just like in the, in the bottom half. Yeah. So for somebody who is wants to get into mezcal, I know that we've talked Go about before. Go to the restaurant, before. get the tasting. Number it's one, unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, 3014 West Olympic Boulevard. If you're, if you're in L.A., you should go to... There's a lot of places with great mezcal now. I mean, when, when we opened up our mezcal bar... We were one of like two, mm-hmm. uh, and you couldn't really find that selection anywhere else. But you guys have the cart, which is yeah, what? We have a mezcal cart. Yeah, basically, it's, it's like a dolly. It's meant to look like a dolly, so it, but it's fully custom made. It's stainless steel, and it looks like a dolly, and it has 12 slots for 12, 12 uh, mezcalas. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we ring it up, and we have a little, a little uh, drawer for the oranges and, mm-hmm. and, a, little, and a little basket for the cups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they just wheel it to the table, and, and, and when it shows up, you're just like, yeah. okay, I guess I it's, will be drunk. It's like having uh, Bananas Fosters done table side. Oh, yeah. Like, it's table so side. cool. It is, it is such a fun experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you were, you were kind of showing me kind of how to, how to properly like drink how to, mezcal. I think, I think what, what I taught you is how to, an introduction to mezcal. Mm-hmm. What happens a lot of mezcal is like, mezcal is like a pretty girl. You can't just like, you can't rush in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's going to slap you, you know. You can't mm-hmm. just like... You gotta yeah, do the slow, the cold the slow game. Yeah, you, you gotta try. You have to work hard for you gotta work. It's like, it's for like a, a quality product. Yeah, exactly. So then you gotta like you gotta touch it. You gotta you gotta see the texture because different mezcals have different textures when you mm-hmm. touch it. Some are more filmy. Some are less filmy. Some see that's something that I've never heard about any so other alcohol tasting. Is different mouth feels. Actually, no touching yeah. it Perfect. with your the, fingers. Like the, the, oh. like, like the physical touching. Got like it. If you touch some of them. When you touch it, you can you can touch right through it, and you can you know. So it's just kind of like you're touching water. Okay. Some of them feels like you're touching something a little more viscous, uh-huh. or, or a little oily even, mm-hmm. where you have a texture, and all these things kind of add on to it, and all these things kind of mean something. Yeah. And that I mean I've never heard of that, but like when you were having me touch it, you kind of dip your finger and you rub it in between your fingertips, yeah. and you could feel the differences yeah. between and all. That's, of them. And that's the first step, and then the second step is you put on your, your palm. Rub your palms together, and you close your hands, and you take a sn- and you smell it. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is that the ethanol, which is what gets you drunk, that's that that vodka taste. Mm-hmm. That dissolves really quick, and then you're left with just the impurities, which are the flavor. Yes. The, the the taste. So then you have that, you smell that, 
And then we're, we're, we're doing like a Birdman right now. We're going to do it right now. <laughs> that, mm, rub our hands together. And then and actually, actually like if, if you walk into a mezcal distillery, that's what it smells like. Mm. That's just the smell of, of the flavor, of the, the burningness. That's such was, a better smell than a brewery. <laughs> <laughs> such a better smell than I'm a getting, brewery. I'm mainly just picking up your dog when I did, when I did the <laughs> smell, though. <laughs> no, people always ask me. People are always like, what's the difference between tequila and mezcal? Yes. And I think now, the, the, where, where, where they are right now, tequila is moving towards the, the purity of the plant. It's a very clean process. You know, everything's done like in stainless steel vats. It's cooked in vaults that are like steamers. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're tasting just the plant. It's a very whereas, neutral, sterile process. Yeah, yeah now it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas mezcal, it's more you're tasting the process plus the plant. Mm-hmm. So you, it's cooked underground, and you get that dirt taste, that terroir. Which, yeah, which leaves mm-hmm. so much more room for creativity and yeah, depth but of I mean, flavor. But I, yeah, but I, I mean, like when you're truly going to source the best possible ingredient, it's at a certain level, it's going to... It's going to vary in stages, getting better and better and better as you can source better. But it leaves less room to play with the actual production of. Yeah, they, they, less bo- smoke, they more both smoke. they both have their uh, their thing. You know, they both have their yeah, processes. Yeah. You know, some I you know tequila. I defend tequila. You know, it's all Mexican. Yeah, stuff. Yeah. it's all Mexico. It's all <laughs> love. So tequila, but it's, it's more nu- nuance. Yeah, where it's kind of like vodka. You know, La like, Raza. Like vodka, different vodka. Some are definitely better than others. And then it's just a nuanced difference. Mm-hmm. And mezcal is just maybe a wider palate, but it's definitely uh, a stronger taste. It's definitely a, a rougher taste, and people will kind of turn off by that. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's why I do this whole process, mm-hmm. because a lot of taste comes from memory. And if you're not familiar with whether you're going to eat or taste, it throws you off. Mm-hmm. So that's why I always say, you know, you got to try everything at least twice in your life, because the first time might have just been off. I agree uh, with so that. Then, so, so if you do this thing where you, you feel it and you smell it, and you take a little bit in your mouth and you increase it slowly, then you're telling your brain, like, all right, dude, this is what we're going to try this. Don't be scared. <laughs> and then you give yourself a baseline for it. And buckle then, up. Yeah, it's buckle up. Be a bumpy yeah, ride. So, so after you have. In a good way. Good after you've rubbed it with your fingers and you. Then you and then you kiss it. And you kiss it. When you're kissing, it means you put your lips to it and you let it just touch your lips. Mm-hmm. And you have just a little bit in your mouth. So you just let it touch your lips. You let the you let it kind of you let it kind of simmer. You let it like coat the inside of your mouth. Yeah, yeah. and then you swallow it very slowly. And then every, every every taste you take from then on, just make it a little bigger and a little bigger until you're fucking just drinking. You're never gonna pound mezcal. You know <laughs> that's a lot of a, a mistake a lot of other people make where they they get a shot and they they assume it's like tequila, so they want to shoot it, mm-hmm. and then they hate it because that's not what you do with it. Sure. Right. It's gonna punch you in the face. It's going to kick you in the throat. Right. Nobody's doing shots of 18 of year old scotch or anything like yeah, exactly. that. Yeah, no. exactly. It's a, it's a slow sipper. It's a slow sipper. It's, it's, it's to sit around a table, a uh, wooden table, and tell stories and talk. And that's why we brought it. What do you accompany mezcal with? Like if you have scotch and, and a cigar or something, for instance. Mezcal and company. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well played. Mezcal and company. <laughs> I got lines for days. That's all you need, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mezcal. I mean, mezcal really is good for that. Mm. I mean, it's like it really is. It gets the convo going. I think yeah, mezcal. It's just it's a like it's especially for me because I associate it with the elders sitting around and telling stories of back in the day, and I love that. Yeah. I I'm, I love stories. Yeah, I love meeting interesting people and just listening to people. I love conversations. I love questions. People, my friends, always tell me that I'm always interviewing people because I'm like asking questions a lot. Yeah. yeah. Which is why you would be good for a podcast. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> but well, it's, it's interesting, too, because I, uh, I had worked with the Mescal Company 
doing a commercial for them, producing a commercial for them, uh, El Silencio. Oh, yeah. And went to the tasting at, at, their, uh, at their company headquarters. And the, the head bartender there, while we were tasting, gave us a 10-minute story that was almost like Greek mythology. Oh, yeah, or, yeah. or more of appropriate Mexican mythology. It's about a the story. About of, how it's been like a few generations and then Yeah, the but it's not only the family and the history behind it, but also the, the mythology, mythology of the yeah, lightning yeah. striking. There's, there's the, a lot of stories. Gods, and, and I'm sure there's a million of them. But what was so interesting is while we were tasting, I was like, yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> of like, course. Like in the way that like, if, you were, if you were tasting you were wild turkey for the first time <laughs> and someone was talking to you, about the Civil War and, and the ranch that, or the, the farm that this was distilled on. You'd be like, yeah, I can, yeah, I get it. I can hear I the music playing. I hear the drum. It was such a... The it was British such are coming. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> it was such a fun no, no. experience in that's that way. That it, it, <laughs> the, the idea that it lends to conversation, storytelling, and, yeah. and kind of relationships and hanging out. I get it. And, and if you drink mezcal only, you don't really get a hangover. If you drink anything only... Anything and it's, that's and good, it's good anything quality. That's good, anything yeah. is good quality by itself, and you have water in between, you'll be good. Mm-hmm. Mezcal, it's just most of it's good. Yeah, there's no mezcal <laughs> jello shots. No. It's like responsible adult Well, actually, drinking. yeah, there are. There are. There can be. You know, so they've made them. Actually, uh, just at the, what was that event called? Ah, oh, man. They're you had mezcal me. jello shots? I didn't have I couldn't have them. I got there late, but uh, my friend uh, Cecilia... She w- made mezcal jello Ozfest. Songs. Was it Ozfest? No. no, no Ozfest. Okay. <laughs> I recently. don't know. I mean... Uh, uh, art by... No, sorry. Something, something, something. Anyway. That sounds disrespectful to the mezcal. <laughs> to jello shot it. But I like the I idea mean, you of know. it. I saw, like... I remember somebody was doing that with Pappy Van Winkle. They were making jello shots with it just to, like... Just to piss people just off. Just to do it. Which, uh, which, which I think I is funny. I don't know why she did it. I think, it, I think it's hilarious, actually. Just to... You know, I'm, something I'm, that's on a pedestal and just kind of I'm the kind of dude, I'm, I'm laid back, you know, you do, do you. Do you, you ever know? cook with mezcal? Yeah. What do you do with it? Kind of like, use like kind of like wine, but I, I eat very, very, very little. Yeah. A lot of people use it in, in desserts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a mezcal sherbet, mezcal like infused sherbets or mezcal well, uh, chocolate. If you're cooking with it and you burn off the alcohol, yeah, is, there still, is there still a real strong mezcal taste? It's that, it's that taste like Smoky. when you rub your hands. Yeah. That's no, a taste. Right. That's okay. great. Salsas, marinades, potentially. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's like anything. You, you know, everybody has freedom to experiment. You know, yep. we're all we're all kind of just here. Do you do much cooking yourself? No, I I live by myself, and it's really hard to cook for one. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> it's the hardest thing in the world because you go to the store and you have one thing in mind, and then you make too much, and then like <laughs> yeah. you have an ingredient that you only use for that one thing, and yeah. it goes bad. Yeah. So uh, I only cook I, if it's like for like two people. If it's for four people, it's cool, but uh, you know I don't I don't do it enough, mm-hmm. and uh, I uh, I do it once in a while. Do you cook Oaxacan food? Yeah, is it I hard try. to cook? <laughs> Everything's I'm, I'm I need a recipes. You know, I'll be honest, I need yeah. recipes. But if I have a recipe, I can get down. I, 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 I there's a few things where I can make just kind of from scratch, mm-hmm. like without using any any anything. Mm-hmm. But if I have a recipe, I can get down. And I like experimenting. I really like. Uh, Doing like chorizo, seafood soup, that's really dope. Mm. Where you, where I, I use my Oaxacan chorizo and just like any any shrimp. Or What's the difference between Oaxacan chorizo and regular uh, chorizo? It depends. Where it's like Spanish chorizo is completely different. Mm. Spanish chorizo is a little drier and it's less about chiles. It's more about herbs. 
Okay. Or Oaxacan chorizo. It's about the, the chiles and spices and the herbs. So it's a little spicier. It's not spicy, but it's got a spicy-esque taste to it. And those are oftentimes the round balls. In Oaxaca, we, we tie them up in balls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How would you say Oaxacan food... Uh, relates in the spice table of overall Mexican cooking. We don't we don't there, do spicy low? food. Nah. We don't do no, we're nah. not we're not like oh, obviously very flavorful. Spicy. Lots of chilies. It's more about but flavor. It's more, more about like yep. and my dad always has a saying where it's you know if you get something spicy, he'll be like oh pica pica lo pendejo pica rico, which means like <laughs> is it spicy? Is it just stupid spicy where it has no like reason behind it, right. or is it flavorful spicy? Yeah. Is it spicy for the sake of being spicy, yeah. or is it offering a good flavor? Exactly. Yeah. And that's what we're about. I believe in the same thing. Yeah. If, if, if something is bringing heat, but it's also bringing a flavor that you couldn't get without that exactly. chile. Like if we, we, we import a chile de agua, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. as far as we know, only grows in Oaxaca. Or it only grows... They're the only ones who export Primarily. It. Sure. Chile yeah. de agua. Chile de agua. It looks like a like California pepper. Mm-hmm. It looks like a like a ghost pepper, but it's a uh, taste. It has its own unique taste. Okay, and the taste is is what you go for. And it just happens yeah. to be spicy. Yeah, I've never liked just eating stuff. Yeah, because I don't, it's I don't, super I don't hot. see the point of it. Like when people are like, "Oh, you gotta try this hot sauce. It's super spicy." I'm like, "Yeah, but what's it taste like?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely the weird competitive eating. Competitive yeah, heat. and I mean, you know, do you? Like I said, you're gonna, people are gonna do what they're gonna do. Do you? But um, I'm gonna pass when, <laughs> while you're doing you with that. With that hot sauce made in a lab by some engineer yeah. who's extracting. <laughs> yeah, you can miss yeah. me with that. Yeah. Where's my word at? When you're using that chili de agua, is, there, is it for any kind of preparation? Do you always char it first? Do you pickle it? Is no, it, well, you, it, anything. Any, anything. You can do a lot of yep. things with it. You can definitely pickle it. I don't really, I don't really see it pickled a lot. Okay. Uh, pickled more, you pickle the onions yep. that you throw on top of it. Yep. So, for example, I, the way I like to do it, I like to put it straight on the fire. Like you turn on your stove, put it straight on the fire, burn the, it. The away. outside yeah. crackles, yep. and then once that's done, you peel off the, the outside skin, and the inside is left nice and soft. Mm-hmm. And then that usually, I'll hold down the stem, and with a fork, you just kind of strip it down. You make a lot of strips, and then you throw lime on it, a little bit of salt, and then those pickled onions on top. And then, you, and then when you're eating your food and you have it in a tortilla, mm-hmm. you kind of just scrape it. And you start scraping it off. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, that, and you're left with just a flavor. And then once in a while, you get a big chunk. And it's just good. When you get them imported, are they always fresh? Or yeah, are they fresh. dried? Okay. Yeah. And you, what else do you guys import for the restaurant? Uh, the clayudas. We import like, you know, a lot of things. Lots of stuff. The, yeah. the, the clayudas, I, I've never had those outside of your restaurant. Yeah. And those, have you had one of those, Andre? Mm-hmm. They're it's like a Oaxacan pizza. We actually have yeah. you seen the, our to-go box for it? No, we got no. some pizza boxes printed for it. No, and they're like custom, so cool. custom pizza boxes. Uh-huh. They, they, have a, they have this lady in the front making one, like just like an old school picture. Yeah, kind of like a graffiti esque style, mm-hmm. and it just says Clayuda and Galaguetz on it. That's dope. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's the shelf life on those for the Clayuda? Like a couple weeks, okay. like a week or two. So you, so basically, for somebody who does not know what that is. It's it's kind of like a large. It's a large t- uh, tortilla, but it's it's hard. It's crispy. Mm-hmm. When it when it's freshly made, they're soft. Yeah. So then, how uh, does it how does it go from a soft regular tortilla? Just with to time, just air dry. It just so it's just literally just dried it out. It Hardens out. Okay. And then uh, so then when you cook it, because it's dried out, it gets crispy. Mm-hmm. And when you bite into it, it has like a, a has the crunch. texture. So I love texture in food, man, texture is like my favorite thing in food. Yeah. Mm. Texture is like so overlooked. I agree, so and the, the texture on the on the clayuda is amazing. Is really good because you get the really hard, crunchy tortilla. Yeah, 
and then you guys do a, a smear of we the, do uh, the pork spread the, the pork spread asiento. which is it's reduced skin reduced pork skin so it's that's a, like that's like chicharron that's been it's chicharron that you slowly cook over time and then it slowly just disintegrates into paste yeah so it kind of looks like a garlic paste or something it, yeah it looks like a garlic paste but it's tan color yes and you just kind of smear so a that's thin the first, layer that's of the that. First, that's the first layer. On top of that is uh, purified uh, beans, like a bean paste. What do you mean by purified? Just like like liquid beans. Like you, you make okay. it a pasta. We call it pasta. Oh, paste, okay. Paste, beans paste. So that's just refried beans uh, or just regular? Just, just black cook, beans. Just black beans. Not like refried, but the, the, like slowly cooked. Okay. Uh, and then you puree those into? Into like a paste. Into, okay. So that goes on top. On top of that, we put... Uh, Cheese, queso fresco, which yes. is what we use most. You know, like it wasn't until I got to the U.S. where I started really tasting like co- co- uh, cotija. Yes. And like I was, I was reading online the other day, like how to make an authentic taco, and it was like you get a tortilla and and you get meat and cotija cheese, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I've never had that before. No, there's any but that, but any authentic taco. I'm pretty sure there's never cheese mentioned but, at all. But, but it actually, no. like, it's in certain regions it is. Yeah, that's the thing, and that's the thing with Oaxaca, with Mexican food in general. Where sometimes people want to categorize and say this is authentic, this isn't, but you don't know because in certain regions that's so authentic. many different regions. Even for America, like in in L.A., you get a taco at any taco truck. They would never have cheese on it. But yeah. then if you go to Texas or something like that, if there's not cheese on the taco, then it's not real. They'll and who's to say things become authentic in time? Yeah. You know? Like like I say, do you? So you know it becomes that. But it's the same thing with like a uh, mezcal even where. Because there, were, there was a time where people were putting worms in it, kind of just to sell it. Mm-hmm. That people associated the worm with an inferior kind of gimmicky product. Yes. Mm-hmm. But there's a region that legitimately has always done it, and it legitimately adds a taste. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah the, you were telling me the worm was was included in there because oftentimes they'll open up the plant. Yeah, yeah. But it tastes like people cook with it too. People make like worm salsa. And then, you know, some people just throw it in there. Because mm-hmm. it adds a taste. Like, it definitely has a taste. It does add a taste, but it, people never really added it in there. There's not, certain regions do. Not so much as a novelty, but just because they open the, it up and they're like, this is full of worms. It was like, kind of like eating. that, but also like, let's just add the flavor. I like the flavor of this. Let's, let's get infused, you would say now. The word now would be yes. infused. And you were showing me the flavor differences between adding worm and not worm. Yeah, and there's a difference. And you could totally tell the difference. Yeah. And it, we, it adds like a kind of unctuous umami flavor yeah, yeah, yeah. almost yeah. like it rounds it out like an anchovy or something yeah it's wild it's wild so you guys will eat those worms and just cook them yeah, up yeah well, you, you dry them out okay you oh, dry them sense, out yeah. and then they get like this leathery texture and then you can uh, if you're making salsa you put some in there and you like grind them in there the okay mocajete. The mocajete. and mm. you just grind it up and it just adds a little bit of extra zing zing into yeah. it yeah and most people would never even be able to tell that there were worms in there no, we if you never yeah. told them. You can, we, we added a few things and people don't know it's in there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> like what? Uh, I don't know if you want to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Some wild Oaxacan business? Yeah. Let the secrets lie. Yeah, okay. but we don't, I mean, we don't tell anybody it's vegetarian anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's things that you, you know. Sure. My dad was very excited because I mentioned that you were coming on because he's traveled to Mexico oh, nice. all over since his 20s for work. 
And he was, he's like, ask him about in Oaxaca, the tamales are so different. They're usually large and square, he was yeah, saying. Yeah, that's, that's how we have it at the restaurant. And right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And they're usually steamed in uh, banana leaf, banana instead, leaf instead of the corn husk. Yeah, yeah. Corn husk, that, but that's, that's also a regional thing. Corn husk is more northern. Yeah. But if you get further south, then you start seeing more banana trees. Yeah. So it's more available. But if you only had that more northern style um, tamale before, you're going to be blown away how big yeah. and how different and how delicious and similar taste too and it's funny because we do it's like very different we recently we started doing pop-ups yep. at bars so we do a pop-up like a harvard and stone yeah we do pop-ups at a uh, normandy club mm-hmm. las perlas and we'll take tamales and you know people will be like oh what are you selling with tamales like, how much eight dollars <laughs> and they're like for a tamal and then we show them they're like oh damn yeah it's uh, a birthday cake tamale yeah. like how big is it exactly it's, uh, it can feed too yeah it could it can definitely feed too, feed too. Really? Especially if you're at a bar, it could definitely feed too. So it's like a giant burrito size. Not like that. It's okay. like half a burrito. Okay. Like half. half of a proper burrito. Or even three fourths because okay. of the shape. But stuffed with more filling. It's than, just than chicken, tama- is. it's chicken, mole, and uh, uh, masa. Yeah. Which is corn dough. Yep. But because the corn dough steamed, it gets this unique texture. It's fucking amazing. Very light, fluffy. Amazing. It's like, ah, I don't, like almost, not slimy, but it's like, uh, gelatinous. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and it's amazing. Like some corn cartilage? Yeah, like like corn head cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat that. Corn head cheese. Well, and also you guys put mole in there, which yeah, is... Yeah, and the mole is filling. Which mole I don't amazing. really see in any other tamales. Yeah. And it's actually like you, you get the banana leaf, you, you lay it out, and then you first you put down the, the masa, mm-hmm. and then you put like a spoonful of the mole, and then you add the chicken. And then you fold it up, and then you steam through it. And the chicken's pre-cooked, mm-hmm. so then you steam you steam it through, and then all all you're steaming you're steaming the the masa, and it, the masa is getting infused with all these flavors. So when you try it, you're really getting everything. How long does it take to to steam? Like an hour or two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh damn. And they freeze really well too. Yeah, they like freeze. If you really were gonna well. buy a couple at the bar, yeah, you can freeze them. You take one home, freeze take it, one home, freeze it, it and yeah. reheat so well. They reheat really well, especially if you have a steamer. Well, steamer basket, yeah, yeah, exactly. Speaking of pop-ups, you guys also have. The Michelada truck. The Michelada truck. The infamous Michelada truck. Yes. So That's you, my baby. <clears throat> so you guys started selling pre-made Michelada mix. Yeah. So uh, what was it, two years? I think almost three years ago now. Three years okay. ago, um, when we took over the restaurant from my parents, that was like five years ago. So we went. We were like changing everything. You know, trying to remodel, modernizing it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, making it a little more fam- like more familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, more social media. Yeah, you know, doing things. Mm-hmm. Modernizing, but still, but bit. still keeping with the original. Yeah, I don't like to say modernizing or, no, because then, modernizing. because I don't want to, I don't yeah. want people to think that like we changed the menu or anything. Sure, yeah. no, 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 no. But so it, definitely the look and maybe a little bit of the marketing, but mm-hmm. that's very topical. The mm-hmm. the, the using, stuff, using new technology to to spread traditional. Exactly. Food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While trying really like the the thing the number one goal has always been to maintain the taste. Mm-hmm. Like maintaining things is the hardest thing. Yeah, there's a saying. There's a saying where it's like everybody wants to build. What is it? Everybody wants to build an empire, but nobody wants to maintain it because it's mm. hard. Right. Yeah. yeah. So then, uh, it's lonely at the top, baby. <laughs> 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 no, 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 but I mean, but no, so everyone, everyone's gunning for you. Not, not so much that it's not. It's not a, a really an external thing. It's an internal mm-hmm. thing. You know, you slack. Just the maintenance. Maintenance, you know, maintenance, you know, things breaking down all the time, putting out fires. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, you know, after, after we got we got a good going, uh, three years ago or I think maybe four years ago now, we opened up an online store, mm-hmm. and that's where we started selling the, the mole. So we we branded the mole, we put it yep. in jars, we made it a little nicer looking, we put it online, 
and then a year after that, I was kind of like, well, what else? Like, this, this is going pretty good. Uh, what else can I sell online? Yeah. I was sitting at a table, and then uh, the waiter comes up to me. He's like, hey, uh, a customer wants to buy Michelada mix. We have some empty tequila bottles. Can we just give them to him in that? I was like, yeah, let's, I can, let's sell this. Mm. And then uh, starting then, we, we came up with the first label. Uh, this is the second rendition of the, of the product that you have in front of us. Mm-hmm. And we put it online. You know, it did a well, but it did really well at the restaurant. People love it. Mm-hmm. It's a really good mix. Like, not just because it's mine, but it's, it's actually the only mix out there that I would say is a real michelada. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everything else out there is either just powder, which is, I don't know what the point of that is. Right, right. Or it's a rebranded uh, Bloody Mary mix. Right. Yeah, yeah. Not a michelada. michelada doesn't have tomato in it. And it has tomato, but not in, it's not primarily tomato. It does have tomato in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It has tomato in it. Well, that's just, that's just to brand out the flavor, the but it's not. But you don't taste yeah, yeah. it. The ones I've made are always just Maggie, lime juice, and then the citrus. Yeah, yeah. and chili salt, kind of rimmed with beer, and and a little bit of a uh, little bit of hot sauce. Yeah. So then, so then we have the michelada, and then I was um, so we started trying to promote it more and like events. And I was at the LA Street Food Fest two years ago, and I don't know if you guys know Alex from LA Taco. Uh, I don't dope, know him personally. Dope dude, really dope dude. He's like the taco guy. He's yeah, he, he does he's a taco on madness W and stuff like that. Yeah, he does taco madness. You mm-hmm. guys should go every year. Yep. Every year is really amazing. Uh, he came up and we're just chopping it up. We're talking, and then he he's like, "So what's next for the michelada?" And I think I think the conversation we were talking about trucks and how like the market's just saturated with trucks, and we sure. were just like coming up with the most ridiculous truck ideas. So then when he asked me what's up, what's next with the michelada, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna do a michelada truck." And we kind of laughed it off, but it kind of just stuck in my head, and yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't really let go of it. I started thinking about it, like if I did it, what would I do? Like I had to, it can't just be a truck because that's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. So then, um, when I was little, I used to get picked up to go to school in a in a VW bus, and in Oaxaca they're called combis. I think they're called combis all over the world. Mm-hmm. But we we just know every every. It's kind of like like cereal in Mexico. Every cereal is cornflakes, no matter what. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. So, and every VW just a, every VW bus is just a combi. Okay. So okay. Um, like all tissues are called Kleenex exactly. and stuff like that. Okay. So then uh, I was like, do I gotta I gotta get a, a I gotta VW get the bus. combi. To me, that's like Mexico. Okay. To me, a VW bus is like uh, populous Mexico. Like okay. you're just you, you're going to work. You t- you take a they call peseras, fish tanks. Oh. Everybody like car like pool tank like <laughs> carpools carpools, so then they, you know so to me that's like for the people like the, the like the people middle class middle class everybody kind of like takes a combi everybody's familiar with a combi you see them fucking everywhere mm-hmm. and uh, I was like yeah I gotta but you you can't just get a combi you know you gotta do something cool so um, the first drawing it was actually facing the other way where the where the sliding door the the original idea was to have the sliding door swing open on the door would be the speakers. And then when you open it, that's like the DJ booth. <laughs> but that didn't work out because of it's just logistically, the, you know, the body right. couldn't handle it, issues. So instead, we had the top open up. It opens up kind of like, like a book. And inside of the, the ceiling, inside the roof, there's a 50-inch TV, two speakers. <laughs> inside of the truck, there's two turntables, DJ uh-huh. booth. And on the outside, there's four beer taps. Mm. And then the the body work is impeccable. The paint is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I got to, I got to stand inside of it, and it was and it's it was the most clean, dude. nicest VW bus I've been in in a yeah, long time. Yeah, you're a tall dude, so it's like it's it's for accommodating. Yeah. You know, so you guys have four taps built into it, built into it, and it's then a, you have the michelada mix that you'll hook we, it up. Our michelada mix, we actually keg because we go through so much at the restaurant oh. that we keg it at the restaurant. Really? So if you go to the restaurant, one of the one of the beer taps is just mix. 
So, you know, it's like mix, and then you choose a beer, and then we just add the beer. Oh, that's nice. Oh, and that, and that's that our slogan, just, just add beer. What, what's the ratio of beer to? Three oun- two and a half to three ounces per bottle, okay. so per 12 ounces. Okay. And it depends. Some people like it lighter. Some people like it stronger. Mm-hmm. I have friends who drink it primarily with just chocolate stouts. I have friends who drink wow. it with Negra Modelo. You know, yeah. I, like, I like Victoria. I like Montejo. I like Pacifico. Yeah, I like it with Victoria. Yeah. You have Victoria, Modelo Especial. Yeah. I'm a fan of that. I like, so, the, I like the lighter Mexican beers. With yeah, my, yeah. With my so what goes into your good. Michelada mix? Uh, it's our secret house recipe. <laughs> it's lime-based. But you have to list the ingredients on the yeah, bottle, though, yeah, don't you? Anybody can see the ingredients right there. Okay. But it's not just the ingredients, like how you do it, it's the, the process. Well, and also, actually, like, they're quality ingredients. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, for the people that obviously that can't see the bottles, what's also super key is that the, the bottles of Michelada Mix for sale also have the, the chili and yeah, chili citrus powder. salt powder it's just chili you, not no citrus on oh, it. no 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 so citrus it's just chili okay, it's actually chili. a chili chili salt blend okay so that's so important to a michelada like if the glass is not rimmed with that it's yeah, just, yeah it's not fun it's it's it can be it depends yeah. like if you're a dodger game that's why i have these little ones so these little ones you, i can't oh, always, I, I can't i can't have the chili powder on it but if you're at a dodger sure, game sure, sure. and you throw it in there yeah, it's not like it's not at a hundred, but it's fucking better than anything you can else. Yeah, the little one, it looks just like a five-hour energy drink, a little bit, a little bit a little bigger than that. My mind is blown when you mentioned Dodger Game. Little <laughs> bottle, yeah, dude, like, take it. Oh my! God, I always, I always, you know, what I always do. I always go. I take my computer bag and I just fill it with these little ones, uh-huh. and I'll put on my Instagram like, "Hey, I'm sitting here." If you want one, just come find me. Oh, and then people, people like come look for me. It's cool. That's really some, cool. Some some street marketing yeah, in, the, in the stadium. Yeah, that's, people come look smart, for me. Man, never then, not working, always hustling. Yeah. <laughs> so when you when you developed this Michelada mix, what did you have to do to get that mix? Did you have to alter it in any way to, no, 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 to no. make it be a shelf stable product? No, it actually, because of the the ingredients that we use, they're some of them are already shelf stable. Okay. So because of that, it has a pretty long shelf life. So like, if it's lime based, like lime juice can and just the, kind yeah, of the, sit there. And the acidity helps. Okay. So it's just kind of like, I want like fate worked in our favor. So just magically, the just formula that you made ended up being, being self shelf stable and shelf stable ish. Where it's like, uh, I think right now we have eight eight month. I don't know exactly how long we took it. But to it open. doesn't have to be refrigerated. Not until you open it. Right. And okay. that's only because the taste. The taste will change. Okay. So once you open it, the taste will change because of the lime. Okay. Uh, but if you can have it in your house for a few months. It'll be good. Our, we have uh, right now eight months testing with the show's no change. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's so good because you would I – w- I mean, I would just assume that to take the Michelada mix that you guys have in your restaurant, which – That's what everybody thinks. And, and then like, to, to make it into a shelf-stable product that you can sell at a store – you would assume you'd have to add some yeah preservatives or some whatever preservatives and, and it weird just stuff. Out that way, man. God was looking down on you this day, baby. <laughs> she is. <laughs> um, all right, so I want to talk. Just explain exactly what "gelagetsa" means exactly, because yeah, that's the, the word. A lot, yeah. A lot of people don't even know. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a it's a mouthful for a lot of people. Gelagetsa. It actually sounds like gotta get some, gotta get some, gotta yeah. get some. Gelagetsa. Okay, okay, that's good. It's. I always tell people when when they're reading it, the U is silent, and that helps everybody. Yeah. G G U E L A G U E T Z A. Actually, our website used to be Gelagetsa Restaurante. 
And you can imagine how fucking hard it was <laughs> to give that out. Typing that out on your iPhone while you're yeah, drunk. Yeah, yeah, Impossible. Like, or, and that was, our, that was our emails and everything because that's our website. So it was like Fernando at, like I said, so it was like, if you're on the phone, be like, all right, shoot me an email. Fernando at G-U-E, L-A, G-U-E. No, no, G-U-E again. It's, it's two G-U-E's. So, oh, you know, my God. So then uh, uh, a long time ago, off a of whim, we bought ilovemole.com. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, fuck, let's... We forgot we had it, and one day we we're looking at our, our domains that we own. And because that's the website where you order the mole from. Now it's ilovemole.com. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, just, but Gelaguetza in Oaxaca. Well, okay, so, so, yeah, so Gelaguetza is two things. One, it's a festival. It's a really big festival. It's in July. It just ended. Right now mm-hmm. it's Gelaguetza season mm-hmm. in Oaxaca, and it's uh, two Mondays. And Oaxaca has seven regions. I'm so glad they chose Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Smart move, Mexicans. <laughs> that we have the rest of the week off. And, we party, and you party all day, uh-huh, uh-huh. all week. So uh, we have seven regions, and every region gets together. And each region brings something. You know, they bring their dance, and they bring... Like, there's a region, Tuxtepec, that's known for pineapples. So that they bring pineapples, and they give it to the crowd. kind of has a Burning Man feel to it so far. <laughs> burning, burning Man meets Mardi Gras. Yeah, yeah. It means, meets like a, like a ballet recital. Yes. Because it's, it's beautiful dances. It's beautiful costumes, and it's just 100% So culture. every every region brings their, their specialty. Their but, but they also they represent themselves in their most traditional way, mm-hmm. where it's like the garment, that, what they're wearing, the language, the songs, the music. It's all like what, what they bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And Gelaguetza, the word itself is Zapotec, and it means mutual help or reciprocity. Okay. And apart from that, it's also tradition. Say like say you're, you have kids, right? And mm-hmm. your daughter's getting married. So you go to your, all your neighbors... And you ask for a galagetza. And you'd be like, hey, my daughter's getting married. Can I, let me get five chickens. Or let me get three turkeys. Or let me get a, let me get a, 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 a like a, I don't know what you call it in English, like a sack of uh-huh. flour or sack of corn. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then everybody literally has a ledger where they write down like, all right, I, oh. I will just do like three yeah. chickens. And then it takes a village. Damn. Yeah, I always I always say the Oaxacan all, Oaxacan pueblos have party based economies. <laughs> it's, so, it's so true. Party based economies. Party based economies, dude. Like there's always a party every single weekend. Everyone's always doing something. Then you go to Oaxaca. So that yeah, pff, every t- quinceañera, wedding, mm-hmm. any anything is a is an excuse for a party, and it's a competitive partying too. What kind of people. It's competitive partying yeah. where you're trying to like up, outdo everybody else. High Where level. it's like, and it's funny because th- there'll be like trends. There'll Bounce be like party trends. They'll be, yeah, they'll be like, bound, like, oh, she had a bounce house? Now, all of a sudden, everybody has a bounce house. You got the 18-footer, I got the 22. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, oh, you, you, you had a magician? Oh, I'm going to have a magician and a clown. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's like, it's like that, but it's, it's fun. And it's like, it's, it's, you know, customs, and it's just party. And, so, it's, and, and every time I go to Oaxaca, I learn more and more about, like, these, like, party traditions where, uh, like, death, you know, like, someone dies. If you... <laughs> yeah, party. It's a party. Like, but, but if you don't go... To the initial, what's it called? Like the El Velorio, like the, the service. The service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the service, if you don't go to the service, you won't get invited to the party. Yeah. Oh. You gotta pay your dues. Yeah. Dad. That makes sense. I like that. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So, but it's all these things. But it, all these things are kind of universal too. Mm-hmm. Like they have in all cultures, tweaked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the way we do it. So, out of those seven regions that all come together, is there one weak link? Like the guy who comes to the barbecue and just brings chips. <laughs> He's like, I got two nah. bags of Lay's, man. Nah. Where should I put them? <laughs> <laughs> nah, every region brings something. Everybody's got some heat. I mean, and there right. is, I mean, it depends what you like. There's a, a region called the Hutla, and they're known for knife making. So they're not going to bring oh. knives. 
but they're also known for mezcal, so they bring tons of mezcal. Oh. And they're, they're the ones that get everybody Knives and mezcal, that's my kind of that party. Dude, that's, that's a perfect combination. You're talking his language. Yeah. That's so cool. There's a, there's a region famous for their cutlery and their knives. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, but not, not knives, not like cutlery, like machetes. Oh, okay, okay. All right. <laughs> so we're not talking like a like a ten inch chef's knife. No, nah, we're talking like we're a three talking footer. About like three like footer, three footer, yeah. like <laughs> three because <laughs> because. Yeah. Some some to split those agaves in half. Yeah, exactly. For sure. That's what they're yep. for. They're for working the fields. Yep. And then, and then if you go to Oaxaca, like on Sunday markets, like in Tacolula, mm-hmm. everybody from all over the state comes together, and it's a the whole town becomes a market. And there's two markets. There's a livestock market, and it's a, like a regular market. You go. You can find anything. Just name it. You find it. Cooking. Maybe, maybe not quality, you know. But you find. Like, Come on. Any like Zenex? I was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. I, well, I'll, what, I'll, I'll what's your you What's name. your advice? <laughs> <laughs> no, you like seeds. You find like like all the farming equipment. Oh, okay. You find like. So it's literally food, everything. Anything. If you lived in Oaxaca, anything you would need. Mm-hmm. If If you can't find a local, you, you wait till Sunday. And you go to Tacolula. iPhone seven. iPhone eight. <laughs> <laughs> we don't mess around. <laughs> So you've been going to Oaxaca f- for a while now. When we came to the U.S., uh, our visas expired shortly after. Okay. So I wasn't allowed to go for legal reasons mm-hmm. until yeah. a few years ago. Oh, yeah, okay. But, and ever since, I've been going a lot. And when you go there, are you visiting family and doing research? Or? It's so hard to visit family because since, since, since Mexico is such a family-oriented place, mm-hmm. it's like if you don't visit everybody... You get in trouble with everybody? Yeah. Uh, in for a penny, in for a pound. You got to yeah, see everyone. So like, a lot of times, I just don't even tell people I go. So yeah. so it's easier to just go and be like... It's easier I'm to go. And then like, if I run into people, then you hang out all day. That's what happens. You go to, you go to see someone, and it ends up being all day thing. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like whenever I go to New York. Yeah. If you hang out with one friend, and then you see him, two yeah. hours later, ten people text you, and yeah, they're like, why like, don't you yo, hang yeah, out with exactly. Why don't you hit me up? Yeah. I'm not good enough. Exactly, and even worse when they're family. But that's yeah, and that, those are just like shitty friends of mine. Imagine <laughs> if it was like if it was like your grandma or something like that. Yeah. Like they're really laying it on thick. Yeah, aunts, uncles, cousins. Yeah, you're gonna get noogies. And most of my family is, lives in Oaxaca, so. Okay, and when, uh, when you go there, you're also now beginning to visit where the mezcal is made. Yeah, we do also. I mean, I think now what I what I what I love doing is taking friends with me. Mm-hmm. I love I love going to Oaxaca and texting like because there's always every time I, go, I tell people how often I go to Oaxaca I go to Oaxaca I went last year six times wow and every time I say that people everyone's like oh next time you go let me know right and everybody says that do they really mean it do people take you up on it yeah I have a, I have a friend Yarel, Yarel Ramos really dope girl really dope uh, I went I took her for the first time earlier this year we had an amazing time we hung out we saw everybody she met my family. And then we got back to the States, and she was like, dude, next time you go, let me know. And I was like, all right, cool. I texted her two months later. I was like, I'm going to Oaxaca in three weeks. You down? She was like, I'm down. Damn. She bought a plane ticket. She invited her two cousins. <clears throat> when, you, when you go there, do you stay in hotels? I stay in hotels uh, right now. Yeah, I like, I like to just check out what's cool. I like to, and I'm in, the, I'm in the hospitality industry, so I like, I like seeing how people do it. I mm-hmm. like picking up things. Visit know. other restaurants, hotels, and I visit. I visit. I have my rest list of restaurants that I always go. And then after, apart from that, I try to. What see does a hotel cost down in Oaxaca? Uh, between seventy. Well, right now the way the best was probably between sixty to one hundred dollars for a legit place for like a real nice spot. Yeah. So I'm seeing our first on location out of the <laughs> dude, country dude it. podcast. Let's coming, do it. I'm down. Formed. Listen, I you don't you don't got to tell me. I, okay. I tell you, and actually, right now I think probably the next time I might go might be Muertos. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but mm. but like Stu, I, 
I have Stu, come on. I have Seriously. probably about six friends that are going down there already. Come down. So if, if we go up to it'll be like LA Invasion. Mm. Mm. Do we have to bring fixed gear bikes? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that like the California takeover? That's right. You, you, can, probably, you can buy Uber down in there. Oaxaca. <laughs> can we bring Snapcase? They don't have Uber in Oaxaca, do they? Nah, it's small. You can walk everywhere. Uber. Even better. El Uber. Um, el Uber, el Uber, el Uber. So when you, <laughs> how much does a plane ticket cost from LA? Uh, it depends how quickly you book it. Mm-hmm. You can find, and you, it depends where you leave from. If you leave from TJ, you can find sometimes $150. Three hundred dollars. It could be. It could also be as expensive as six hundred, eight hundred dollars, though. Yeah. Okay. So you buy you buy the ticket. You buy a ticket. You get the hotel. There, you get the hotel. And then, I like staying at B and B's too. Hotels, B and B's. You know. And for for an American person who has never been there before, what are some tips that you would give them for navigating? Like I mean, Mexico you know is a Actually, giant I, I, place. I have, I have a friend down there. His his, his Instagram is Oaxacan. Shout out to Oaxacan. It's just Oaxacan. straight up Oaxacan. Shout Oaxacan. out Instagram friend of Oaxacan. Like, like a king? Like a king? Oaxacan. Oaxacan. Yes. Okay, okay. It sounds like a guy I want to hang out with. I like him. Yeah, like he's a, a dope dude. And he, he, you know, he's got machetes. You can book him. <laughs> you can book him. And he can, he can, like, you can book a few days and he'll, he'll take you. And he, he's the dude that, like, we. He's we, the Sherpa. Yeah, he's a Sherpa. Like, when we started going out there, he would just always be hanging out with us so he knows all the places that we do. Mmm. So like all the places that he knows kind of like have our, our seal of approval. Mm. Actually, uh, like a few times ago that we went, I took my friend Demo, uh, and uh, we were talking. And he was like, "Yeah, I want to do this Instagram, or I want to just promote Oaxaca and like do this thing." And we were just throwing ideas, and between the three of us, we came up with the Oaxaca Instagram handle. So I mean, that's how close we are. I like that. He's a cool dude. You can also like follow. You can just follow him on Instagram and see where he hangs out. <laughs> you know, you can just you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, you can visit my sister's website, brisalopez.com, mm-hmm. and she has a list of recommendations. Okay. Uh, and, and in terms, like, I've been to a lot of places in Mexico, but I haven't been to Oaxaca. Like, but even just going to Mexico City, there's, you know, much like L.A., there are nicer areas and then more yeah, rough I, areas. Yeah. How, how is Oaxaca? There's definitely rough areas, like mm-hmm. anywhere you go, but... All you're gonna find in the rough areas is like transvestites <laughs> trying, to, trying to get this my kind of yeah? rough area. Yeah. Though. That doesn't sound so rough and to me. And there's some like divey ass bars. Yeah, like, there was a bar. There was a bar. That, they, mm-hmm. they 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 closed, but like used to, they used to not have a floor. It used to be dirt floor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like I, I remember one, it was in that area, and I remember one like oh, last year, I was out there, and it was my last night in Oaxaca. Mm-hmm. So it was like that last night. Your your plane leaves at six. Why don't you stay up all night? Oh yeah, and yeah, we're, yeah, we were with this bar till like five in the morning, just hanging out with friends and just fucking. See, the hipster version of that would be like a garden growing in half of that bo- uh, half of that dirt floor <laughs> bar, <laughs> just mm-hmm. all different kinds of heirloom variety. Chili oh sure, yeah, except without that, plus more seedy people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so maybe a goat sprinkled yeah. in there here. No, nah, not even. It wasn't. It wasn't even like rural. It's just like it was just like we don't down. have a floor. <laughs> yeah. Because the floor got stolen on a Tuesday. <laughs> that's the thing. They stole the floor, baby. I went I mean, back to restock the keg, but that's and the a, floor was yeah, gone. Yeah. But that's that's like an answer when you when you ask specifically what's the worst, you know, what's the seediest, right? You know, but Oaxaca is full of amazing, amazing places where you can hang out all night. Safe. Oaxaca's safe. Oaxaca's yeah. very safe. They done took the wheels out the caddy <laughs> while I was in the store. I need to go to Oaxaca, man. Oaxaca's dope, man. You know. And you know, you're asking me, so I got to tell you, but Oaxaca, I mean, otherwise, I don't tell people these things because they get scared. People get scared very easily of Mexico. Sure. 
Because that's certain re- certain regions you should be scared. It's just like every other there. city. I yeah, mean, I mean, well, describe L.A. to somebody who's coming if you just really wanted to tell them the worst aspects yeah. of it. And it's like, I'm not coming out. You, you could take a wrong turn in any town in, the, I mean, in my, America. My, my friends, my really good friends from uh, from Paris, and the way he describes it, I'm like, I don't know if I want to go to Paris anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he's like, yeah. he hate, like he, he doesn't hate, but like, he's like, um, I'm like kind of over Paris. Like, it's it's dangerous now. Like. Really? Yeah, he's saying like he like and I, I have a lot of friends that tell me that that's like the only place I've ever gotten either pickpocketed or like yep. held up. There's or, a lot of that going on. But I mean, you know, maybe I'm sure that's only certain. I don't know that. Uh, that's a lot of. Well, when you have like the the pro tip, I'm not from shitting the, on Paris, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when you have the pro tip from the man on the ground, Fuck you, you avoid those places. <laughs> yeah. Like if you come to L.A., I'm not going to be like meet me at 16th and Crenshaw. Yeah. Like I'm going to be like maybe we won't necessarily Yo, spend yeah, our I, entire I've, time I've been, in some like you know, me being like, from L.A. I've been in places in LA where I'm like, fuck, like, yeah. why am I here right now? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like there's areas that you try to avoid, and that's anywhere you go. And, yeah. And when you have a little bit of a uh, head start with somebody who knows mm-hmm. what to tell but you I think, to avoid, but I think that's what's cool about that's what's cool about going to Oaxaca and like checking out my sister's website and just like being like, okay, where am I going to go? Yeah. And if you just stay within those areas, you're cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That sounds. I'm so going to start with TJ first. TJ's dope. I've been hearing so much about TJ lately. Dope, man. Uh, I know a guy who's a, a Sherpa down there as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, you go with a Sherpa, you're good. Mm-hmm. And even if you get held up, that's an experience. You tell you, you come back and you, your podcast. That's why. That's why you. Whenever I go to Mexico, I bring the BlackBerry. There you go. I don't bring, I don't bring <laughs> the, the burner. Upper. You bring I, the burner. I bring the burner. To I Mexico. bring the Motorola razor. <laughs> <laughs> I let him. Have, I let him have the razor. Yeah. That's fine. I'm like, yo, man, I had I had snake on that. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like it's like anywhere you go, you get the pro tips from somewhere on the ground. I remember I was in Rio, and we were taking. You need a lot of pro tips in Rio. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> but we were taking a cab back to where we were staying. We were working, and the cab driver spoke English and was like, "Hey, do you guys have any drugs on you?" And we we're like, "No." He's like, "Seriously, I'm not even trying to bust you. <laughs> Dump it now because we're gonna get pulled over by the cops driving to your hotel." Did you? I guarantee you. And we didn't have any on us. We but were did working. you get pulled over? Yeah, oh yeah. We got lit up five <laughs> minutes on the drive on like what seemed like a like PCH of Rio, like nice. leaving downtown, leaving the beach, going to our resort, and lit up. Whoop whoop. And there was like no, tr- there's no reason why we got stopped. Mm-hmm. Cops pulled us all out, frisked us real hard, mm-hmm. and then let us go. But the guy, we get back in the cab, and they're like, "Yeah, they're just looking for a bribe. They mm-hmm. just wanted to pull yeah, something off course, you and get course, some money." Yeah, of course, of course, because you're white. So those are those are pro tips that are good. That's happened to me good in, to in uh, Guatemala. Oh no ah. way! What happened? Did the same thing. Uh, car full. It you was got like, pulled over. Yeah, I got pulled over. The guy. And I was, they give you some bullshit thing, like like the most obscure little law. It, uh, well, like, I was, oh, if you don't do this, then I got to take you to the immigration, and you got to do all the shit. We basically, since we didn't have any cash on us. Um, I had. I think we gave them some sunglasses. Nice. Right. They're just like, all right, just give me your sunglasses and you can go. And <laughs> all was, right, let me see the frog skins. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, you know, take the sunglasses. It's fine. My, my friend Yarela, when I told you about earlier, her and her cousin Irene, that I also, she also went to Oaxaca and she loved it. And then um, they went to Brazil, and they just took the wrong bus and they ended up at the favelas. Mm-hmm. And they're just two like, and they're and they're beautiful girls, you know, like two mm-hmm. beautiful girls. Are they still there working, the or <laughs> they, they make it? No, out? but I mean, it's like R. those R. kind of things where like, yeah. where like it's definitely dangerous, but you know, it's not like a death wish, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to say we talked about a lot of things at the restaurant, but concisely, real quickly, we should talk about what people should be ready for when they go in mole lots of different kinds of moles we have a mole sampler festival de moles yeah. it comes with four moles and a little fantastic. bit of chicken rice 
I would say if you go to the restaurant, it's the kind of restaurant where you're. It's a family atmosphere. One, yeah. You know, it's it's loud ish. We have live music every night. Yeah. So if, and it's if, good music. Yeah, we have we have legit music. And mm-hmm. and if you don't, and if it's too loud for you, just ask if you sat in the back. It's no I, problem. You know what? I've been in there many times, and I feel like even at its loudest, it's never unenjoyable. It's more of like in a party if, atmosphere. If so. you sit right in front of the music, okay, you know, and <laughs> at the monitors. But dude, there's there's people who they'll, they'll come in, they'll be like, "Oh, I want to sit right in front of the music," and they'll literally just sit there and watch the music the entire time. And maybe they maybe they just don't want to talk to each other, or maybe they, like, they came for the music. <laughs> I don't know. But for people who haven't been, there are 16 Marshall stacks. Um, on the <laughs> music platform. Well, it's it's just like so many other restaurants where people go there and they're like, I didn't like it. Like they'll go to like night market, yeah, or they'll they go to like expect. or they'll go to like Honda Yaw. Alimento is my like. But there, there's but, places that have bad acoustics. There's places that are festive and kind of loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like to me, that's a restaurant that isn't poorly loud. It's a it's an enjoyable party atmosphere, yeah, which I mean, is very different. And when that's you, what I mean. That's what Gilligan yeah. says to us. Gilligan's yeah. family gets. Us. And then, like I say, Oaxaca has a party based economy, and it translates to the restaurant. You know, it translates yes. to what we do. That's it's one of those restaurants where if you're like a if you're a person that doesn't want to drink, it, it's. You will be able to enjoy the food, but you're not going to get the full experience. Like when you go, when I go to Gelagetsa or to Night Market or to Hondaya in Little Tokyo, the uh, Japanese like izakaya place, like it's a place where you go to drink beer, yeah, hang out, but and then eat food. Yeah. So like it's going to be loud. You're going to get a bunch of like really flavorful, salty foods, and you're gonna in, in Gelagetsa you're, you're it's drinking food. And it's not like it's not like drinking loud, but you're gonna get like the music one. But because of the size, and if it's full, the people that are in there is going to be kind of loudish. Mm-hmm. And it's a family restaurant. So people take their kids. You're going to see kids running around. Right. Yeah. You know, like, and that's and that's a weird thing that I see like in Yelp reviews where it's like, oh, it's all these little kids are annoying. Like, well, you know, it's a family restaurant. Like, kids are going to run around. Yeah. I, I now I have nieces. Actually, my sisters now have a, a podcast. They're a mommy podcast. Mm. It's uh, Super Mamas. Shout out. Shout out to Super, <laughs> Shout out Super Mamas. Super Mamas podcast. Super Mamas. And that, but now that I have, and I'm like, now I, I'm like, before I would sometimes it's kind of weird where it's like you see kids are like oh, you you want to tell a parent something but right. kids are gonna do what they're gonna do yeah and, you, know, you know when you go to Animal and you see like a seven year old kid at the table you're just like god damn it <laughs> but when you go to a family restaurant that's got an energy to it yeah like kids running around it's not it's value added it's yeah. not at that, it's at not that, a bad at that, thing at that point you're complaining is the what's wrong with it yeah, yeah if you exactly. if you don't like that then you have the problem exactly if you don't 100%. like to see a kid running around having you don't fun to, yeah if you don't if you don't like if you don't like uh, kids laughters and smiles <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. which I do not personally but I do at your restaurant <laughs> no no I'm kidding when no. I get drunk I love nothing more than watching a little kid running around man and fall. No, it's like <laughs> going to an Indian restaurant and complaining that the, the, like, why is there none? Yeah, like none. Like no, no, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. it's a great place. But so okay, so so, so you get the I love watching it, kids is what I want to say. Taludas, I would say the, I would say how, go with a big group. That wrong, Layudas. Layudas, which La- is which is deceivingly spelled Layudas, much hey. differently than how it sounds. <laughs> it's a uh, T L A Y, or certain regions spell C L A Y. C L A Y. So it's same sound. Layudas, Layudas, Layudas. Either way you say, it, you're not so wrong. So we have the moles, a lot of different kinds of moles, which are all outstanding. We, okay, first thing when you sit down, you're gonna get mole automatically. Yeah. The chips, the chips have chips mole on mole them, and they're so and that's good. That's coloradito. We have mole and queso fresco on it. Yeah. You sit down, you get that. Uh, I would say start off appetizers. Get the quesillo fundido, which is our string cheese uh, in a in a what do you call that? Cast iron pan, uh-huh. melted down with chorizo and mushrooms on top. That's mm-hmm. amazing. You can't go wrong with melted cheese. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get uh, maybe guacamole. Our guacamole is amazing. 
you know, you, you and then uh, oh, actually, I have had your own. Yeah, and then the more people, the better, because you get then you get the mole sampler, you get a clayuda, and you get a uh, uh, botana oaxaqueña, which is our meat sampler. Mm-hmm. And all our all our meats are are in house. Everything we 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 buy, we butcher, and we break down. We do everything in house. So you're gonna get. And that's the, one thing I have had, and that's that's definitely the thing oh, to order. Yes, but the most people you, you know, and you can get a side of any of the moles if yeah. you want to. If you want to, if you want to get just the meats, just, and you want to taste the mole, yeah. which is absolutely worth it if you're not getting a mole dish. Yeah. And, and a couple on the yeah. side. And we're in LA, so you know if you're vegetarian, you can get a. Well, that's. I was gonna say, my girlfriend loves a restaurant too, and when we go, she always gets what you know, whatever has the corn truffle on it. Yeah, though. get the corn truffle empanadas, or you get the yeah. squash blossom empanadas. Yeah, I mean, you get a, really like a, the grilled cactus salad. You get a vegetarian clayuda that doesn't yeah. have the pork spread and has a salad. And, like, and it has the corn truffle on it. It's yeah. still not vegetarian, though. Apparently, it is. Well, <laughs> it is. No, it, is. it is. It is. It's got it some secret is. ingredients. <laughs> no, not that one. Huh? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but that. no, and it's 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 got really interesting. Like when you go to a place and you get something that's vegetarian and it's rice and beans, you're bummed. When you go to the restaurant, yeah, and you I mean, get vegetarian things at your place, yeah, yeah. it is really interesting. They're good. Delicious I mean, vegetarian stuff. The variety on vegetarian is not huge. I'll be honest. You know, it's not as strong. Like. It's not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I if I was know. hanging out with like my five girl, vegans and, I, and they were like, "Where are we going?" Well, my girlfriend, like, yeah. my girlfriend would disagree because they're. The options that are vegetarian are interesting, diverse. That's with a thing. lot of fantastic well, ingredients. I would say and she loves it. I would say they're outside of the LA norm, which yes. is reason enough for going. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not. You're, I, I go to vegetarian restaurants often, and I feel like sometimes it's always a kind of the, you kind of know where you're getting. Yeah. You go to the restaurant, and try something vegetarian, and something different. Yeah, absolutely. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. But but I, I say that because our menu is huge. Yeah. And compared to our menu. No. But, but there's still 10 items on that menu, or, or I feel like, yeah, you feel when like. I look at it, okay, maybe I feel that way. But there's, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean there's like, a lot of, you can definitely, you can definitely put things together. Yeah, absolutely. And we, and we're always, we're very accommodating. I mean, like, we're doing special orders all the time. It's not, I, that's, that's you good. know, I, being in the rentals industry, and you guys, you're just going to restaurants a lot, yeah. you pick up certain things, right? Like, there's certain restaurants that you go to, you're like, ah, oh, this is not, this doesn't look like a place where I can, like, request special things. Right. Right. Like, our restaurant is very casual. It's family-oriented. If you want something special, ask for it. Mm-hmm. And at the restaurant, everything you've heard that you can get to go, the the moles, the michelada, that's all there it's ready all to there. go. Yeah, and we have a little store. With. Like, as you're walking out, we have a little store. You can pick up. Uh, we, we sell. It's called, it's called the Festival de Moles also, but it's uh, a little bag. You get the bag for free, and it comes with the three moles. At a discounted price. I've seen that. Versus buying them individually. And it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can go home and you experiment with it. We saw we saw them only online and that's that's something that I wish people knew more about. Only because I'm I'm a curious person. Yeah. And I wanna know if you grew up in the middle of America and you just have a really unique palate, what are you gonna do with the mole that's not mole? Like what are you gonna do with the mole that's not enchiladas? Right. Right? Like sure. Like you grew up eating meatloaf and you grew up eating whatever. Yeah. You know, like dude, put let, some mole in the burger, man. Like, please before do something. it goes on the grill. Like anybody listening to this who's just who thinks they're like a great chef, and you probably are, like a home chef. Jason, mm-hmm. please like buy one of these mole jars and just do something creative with it because that to me is like the best thing. And that's another weird thing about authenticity. You know, people are like, "What's authentic in LA?" Like, you know, there's some things that are maybe are t- traditionally authentic, but there's also like these are authentic flavors. 
what yeah. are you going to do with these flavors? Authentic ingredients. Yeah, and just the basis. And then what are you going to do with it? What you like, going to do with this flavor? I was, yeah, what are you, you going to do with this, girl? <laughs> like, I was telling you guys that like, uh, I get these recipes from my, my customers online. And like this guy made these ribs. And what he does with them is he gets them when they're raw. He uh, rubs them with the paste, just the raw paste as a rub. And then he cooks it like I think I, don't, I think he cooked in the oven, and then sure. and then right before he's a great gonna, way to do ribs. And then right before he was gonna throw it in the, on the grill just to finish that's that's that, to seal it, mm-hmm. he would uh, braise it with the prepared mole. Yep. And then that kind of just seals in the flavor, and you get that kind of outside crust, and it caramelizes a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then he made his mullet with extra sugar, so it, so then it caramelizes. So you have a crust on it. So exactly. would, yeah. It would get, and then you just have like flavor on flavor bark. on flavor. Or I have someone made mole aioli. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Right seems, uh, for a torta or anything yeah, or anything mo- else you can possibly aioli. imagine for a yeah, sweet potato fry. <laughs> <laughs> or you have like mole. Someone made mole chocolate chip cookies. Oh that was yeah, interesting. yeah, that was interesting. That's good. Uh, and you know, it just it's just mole. It's kind of like uh, like curry, or kind of like a, like I, not even curry because curry is a finished product. I would say like saffron. Like yes, this is a unique taste. What are you gonna do with it? What you gonna do with it? What you gonna do with it, girl? Okay. All right, well, um, Fernando, thank you so much for doing oh, this no podcast. Problem, man. Thank you guys for having me. I had a blast. It was my pleasure. I think now we're, we're on our third or fourth. It's a cup of mezcal. <sighs> so hey, wait. people can go to ilovemole.com. ilovemole.com. Uh, go to ilovemicheladas.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, hit me up on Instagram. <laughs> I, I, at ilovemicheladas. Mm-hmm. At Lagelaguetza. My personal ones, Lernando Fopez. It's Fernando Lopez with the F and the L switched around. <laughs> Lernando Fopez is good. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny about that. that, that uh, I'll, go to, like, I'll go to parties or bars, and some of my friends will be like, hey, me and my friend, learn, I mean, uh, Fernando Lopez. <laughs> so yeah, cool. I mean, it, it kind of messed me up a little bit as well. It's I will fun. admit. Hey, listen to my sister's podcast, uh, Super, Super Mamas. Super Mamas. Uh, check out this article on the Michelada Mobile on the Michelmobile on Vice. Mm. Shout out to my homie Javier Cabral. He's a new uh, editor mm-hmm. of Vice Munchies West Coast. Great dude. We gotta get him on the podcast next. Yes, yeah. can we do that? Let's do it. Oh, that. you got yeah. For Let's sure. We'll link it up. All right. Well, you can go to the stewpodcast.com for all the episodes. Follow me at them jeans under Ooh, I like that one. You like that one, huh? Yeah. In those jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Andre Conaparo has no social media at all. I do I do not have any. Oh really? Why not? Oh, just a lifestyle choice, I guess. <laughs> so, but, you know. I have no TV at home. It keeps it real. See, there you go. Same I, vibe. Never started, so why now? Yeah, I like it. You can send him smoke signals. His coordinates are twenty-six point eighty-seven seven point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, guys, have a good week. Thank you. Take care. Thank you.